Welcome to the Bit Battle Podcast, Episode 2, recorded October 15th, 2011. Contact me at nj underscore brad at hotmail.com or follow me on Twitter as Bradford Bruce. Today's episode, at least this time around, this is my second recording. Uh, One thing you have to be careful of is plug your microphone into the microphone jack, not the headphone jack. Anyway, today's episode is the ultimate developer machine. Before I begin, I'm not competing with Scott Hansman's ultimate developer PC. He seems to be building the ultimate PC. My goals are slightly different and I'm going to go about it in a slightly different manner. I'm going to go through this process like I would any development project. Phase 1, gather the overall requirements. Number 1, this machine will be used for general purpose computing, possibly even as the family computer. Number 2, it has to be able to support Visual Studio 2010. Almost any machine can do this, but it's one of the requirements. Requirement number three has to be able to run a small Oracle or SQL Server database. Doesn't have to be able to run the full enterprise version. Uh, that can be a bit of a headache in and of itself. But you need to be able to run a small one for development purposes. Requirement number four has to support virtual machines through Hyper-V, VMware, or VirtualBox. Requirement number five has to be a desktop mini tower. This allows for future expansion. Phase number two, elaborate on the basic requirements and put together some detailed requirements. 64-bit hardware. If you want to test 64-bit technologies, you have to have a 64-bit machine. A 64-bit operating system. If you want to use any of the 64-bit virtual machines, they pretty much all require that you be running a 64-bit OS. VMware is slightly different, I'm sorry. Hyper-V is slightly different because it's more at the hardware level, but as I understand it, you're giving up your entire machine to be virtual. The other items, VMware or VirtualBox, If you want to run a 64-bit operating system under virtualization, you have to be running a 64-bit base operating system. Next requirement is memory. How much do you need? Well, the popular answer is more. If you find a machine with 8 gigabits, gigabytes, wow, of memory, uh, that's a good starting point. Once you start running a virtual machine or two, that 8 gigabytes of memory will disappear. A 1 terabyte hard drive. In these days of inexpensive external drives, uh, network attached storage, etc., you might not think you need to have that much internal storage. When you're running virtual machines, the closer you have your drive, the better. 
you can move all your data and files to external storage. But when you're running virtual machines, you're going to want to keep those local. So get at least a one terabyte drive. A DVD, reader, writer, get one. Uh, you'll appreciate it. There's still a lot of things that come on uh, DVD media and uh, even in these days of direct downloads off the internet you'll appreciate having a, a DVD locally. A video card. Your video card needs to be able to support dual monitors at least. I would start with dual monitor. You can add an extra video card later if you need to. Speaking of monitors, if you're getting two make sure they're the same model. For networking, basic network capabilities are typically at 100 megabits. I don't think it's worth the investment to go with gigabit networking unless you already have a gigabit network locally or it comes for free with what you're getting uh, in your system. Keyboard and mouse, they have to be comfortable. Get one you like. Uh, in many cases if you're buying a system, get the cheapest one that it comes with because you're going to be getting a lo getting one locally that you like. Sound. Sound on today's basic computers is usually pretty good. So you don't really need to invest in an awesome sound card for this machine. Phase number three, look for a known good solution. This is where my process differs from most of the others I've run across. I'm going to hit the net to see if there's a good solution available off the shelf. Time is money, and the time where you could build a machine for significantly cheaper than you could buy a full system is long gone. In case you hadn't heard that, the time where you could build a machine for significantly cheaper than buying the full system is long gone. Save your time, save your money, buy a system. Which kind of system? Well, you can look in your office superstore flyers and you'll get a good off-the-shelf basic system. I wouldn't recommend any of them for development systems. So, what have you got left? Well, you've got a few big players, and I mean a few. HP, when they acquired Compaq, well, suddenly you lose Compaq, and now HP's getting out of the desktop market. I'm not so sure what their mini servers are looking like, but uh, I don't need a big airplane engine of a server sitting on my desktop to do my job. Dell. Dell has some interesting machines. Uh, they have everything from your cheap netbook all the way up to big boy servers. And they can be big. Uh, I would actually recommend their workstation line. Uh, some of those are a little bit better uh, quality than their normal desktop machines. One particularly worth looking at is the Dell Vostro 460 and you can get these in a couple of different models but the one I'm looking at is about $950 uh, that includes 64-bit OS 8 gigs of memory a couple of different things but 
yeah, that's a good place to start. There are some other combinations that can be good, and you may get good bundles, uh, but you've got to really look at them. And before you do, think about how much time you're going to be putting into piecing together a system, verifying that all the pieces work, and then putting it together. Uh, a lot of different capabilities are advertised, but if you don't match the right processor to the motherboard, you're not going to be taking advantage of them. Phase four is to customize for a perfect solution uh, or a better solution. One of the things I would do, you can add more memory. Uh, that's where some of the expandability really comes in. You don't want to buy a system where all of the memory slots are full from day one. Uh, in some cases, if you're buying a machine with four gigs of memory, again, I wouldn't recommend four gigs, but as an example, if you have four gigs of memory and there are four memory slots, guess what? You probably have four memory slots filled with one gig memory chips. I use the word chip loosely. Yes, I know they're basic cards, but sometimes you'll hear them referred to as chips. If you want to upgrade, you end up replacing all of them. It's not like you can add more you end up replacing what you have and then adding more. So, the sample I mentioned before with the Dell, it comes with two 4 gig chips in it. It maxes out at 16 gigs. So, it has two empty slots. Yes, I verified. Uh, that's another reason to look at their workstation line. They chip typically don't cheap out. Uh, if you were to buy a machine with 8 gigs of memory on their normal desktop system, they would typically fill up the slots with the cheapest memory possible uh, or integrate onto the motherboard. In many cases, the motherboard is configured for exactly what you're ordering and has no expansion. I've run across some of their regular desktop machines they don't even have a port or a slot for a video card that you can use. Uh, you get what's on the board and they've made it so you can't expand it. Uh, bad practice in my opinion. Go with the workstation line. Another thing that you can customize is to add the extra software or choose the upgraded versions of the pre-installed software. Again, I'll go back to my Dell example. You can use the basic office that comes with it. It's ad supported. You have Word and Excel, but nothing else. You can upgrade that several increments up to the full-blown retail office professional. Uh, depending on what your needs are, you may want to do that. It may be cheaper at the time of purchase than to go and buy office off the shelf, but if your company has the licensing for full-blown office for everyone, you may even want to downgrade and not get office installed at all. Monitors. This is where personal preference really comes in. And unless you're really familiar with the monitors that are included in the package, I would pick up the monitors locally. The shipping on some of those can just eat up your 
any savings that you would have. Uh, but if you're getting a good deal that includes the shipping, you may want to invest in a monitor at the time of purchase. One of the other things you can do to improve your system is to look at SSDs. SSDs have really come down in price. They're good for your operating system. Maybe your most common applications can be installed on your SSD. Solid state drives for anyone not familiar with that. There's also a compromise. You can get one of the Seagate Momentus XT drives. They have an SSD, SSD built in. Uh, for under $100, you can get a 750 gigabyte drive um, that has a small SSD and a hard drive. Uh, you pick and choose what you want installed onto which drive, but you can get some very good response out of these. I have heard uh, some stories where you can get basically a 30 to 40 percent improvement in your compile times. So they're not the ultimate, but they can be an improvement. If you have any questions, comments, you want to yell, contact me at nj underscore brad at hotmail.com. If you want to keep track of my adventures, follow me on Twitter as Bradford Bruce. That's been another episode of the Bit Battle Podcast. Music was provided by James Underberg and Podsafe Audio. <laughs>